Now let us read John chapter 21 verses 24 and 25 together. John chapter 21 verses 24 and 25 reading. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the whole world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. Now we come to the last um, verse of the Gospel of John. We've been studying this book for a couple of years now. So this is the conclusion, the ending. And here, there are many things that we should learn from this last verse. Now John says that there are also many other things, right? In other words, he said besides what he has written, there were just so many other things that Jesus did. Right? It's not so much about what John wants to write, but he says about what Jesus did. So it's quite amazing. John says there are so many other things that our Saviour did, and, but he says they are not written here. They are not written here. Now he enters into this, this statement and says, now if, if I were to write, or if the world were to write every single thing that our Saviour did, he said that he would imagine the whole world itself cannot contain the books that should be written. You go to your school library, you see lots of books, lots of shelf, right? And you imagine the whole world is just a library. Means no shopping centers, no nothing. Just shelves and shelves for books. John says if we were to write about what our Saviour did, then we find that even all the shelves in the world and all the paper, all the ink in the world, it's, it can't contain, can't contain the books that needs to be written. Right? How do you feel when you read the Bible? Hmm? How do you feel when you read the Bible? So we answer some of these questions. What can we learn from here? But before we move, let's look at question number one. Question number one. Now we're finishing the Gospel of John. Now, the Gospel of John is unique from the other Gospels. The other Gospels are called, what kind of Gospels? Anyone remember? It starts with S. Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic Gospels. Alright? Synoptic Gospels, you will hear them. Um, this is Matthew, Mark, Luke. These three Synoptic Gospels, they actually give um, different views of the same event. Okay, different view of the same event. But the Gospel of John is not part of the Synoptic Gospels. So people ask you, what are the Synoptic Gospels? Gospel of John is not part of it. Gospel of John is quite different. Although it is one of the Gospels written, um, God used the Apostle John to write it, it's a bit different. Now one of the difference is, this gospel contains many miracles. Of course, there are many other differences. It contains records of many different miracles that Jesus performed, which the other gospels do not write about. Okay, so this is one of the differences. So, I ask you this question. What makes this gospel focus on that? Now, what, question number one. Why does John 
record more miracles of Christ than the other three Gospels. Why do you think so? Why do you think so? Why would God move John, use John to write it this way? Anyone? Okay, we start with Brenda. We just go around. Brenda. No idea. Alright, Shenwei. Um, the Gospel of John more the deity of The Gospel of John deals more with the with the deity. Alright? The deity of Christ. What is deity? Elizabeth, do you know what's deity? It's not nothing to do with diet, huh? Looks a bit like diet. Susan, uh, no, Elaine, deity. Deity refers to Jesus is God. Alright? Fully God, 100% God. Very good. Deity speaks of Jesus being God. The Gospel of John focuses on that. How do you know the Gospel of John focuses on that? Susan? The Gospel itself often deals with Jesus being God. Which are the key chapters? 5 and 10. Very good. In chapter 5, chapters 5 and 10, just for example, the great focus is the argument. Is Jesus God or not? And the great proof. Do you remember? Did the people believe that Jesus is God? Um, Jemima. Or Jemima wasn't here. No. Do you think the Jews believe... Oh, no, alright. Do you believe that Jesus... Do you believe that... Or do you think that the Jews at that time no. knew that Jesus said, I am God? You think that they... They kept asking, are you God or not? Are you God or not? Can you please tell us? They knew, but they didn't believe. They knew, but they didn't believe. Okay, so I just want to, want to summarize this. Now, let's turn to John chapter 10. Please do not leave the Gospel of John without this deeply engraved in your heart. Deeply engraved in your heart. Okay, let's read verses 30 to 33. Verses 30 to 33. John, okay, John chapter 10. Is there? John chapter 10, 30 to 33, reading, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because thou art, thou being a man, makest thyself God. Right, so Jemima, did Jesus say that he is God? Where? Because many Christians can't answer. When the Muslims challenge you, your Bible and your Jesus never claimed and never told anyone that he is God. How would you answer? Chapter 10 is very important. Verse 30. Verse 30 I and my Father are one. What does, how does it prove that He is God? If God the Father is God, then if He and the Father are one, then He must be God. But the claim is this, 
even when Jesus was on earth, even when Jesus was on earth, Jesus never told people and never claimed to be God. What is even more clear? Jesus just said, I am just a man, I'm not God. Alright, because you were not here, so you think. Alright, you're grabbing your finger now, alright? It's difficult. And most Christians end up struggling with that. Ben, were you here? You're not sure. Maybe you were back during holiday. From this verse, okay, so now I jump. Eh? <laughs> I jump. From this verse, how can you tell that Jesus claimed, Jesus did claim to be God when he was on earth? Very good. From the reaction of the Jews, what was their reaction? Jesus was making himself as God. Alright, so Jemima, if you look there, they wanted to stone Jesus in verse 32, right? Jesus asked them, why, are you, why do you want to stone me? What did I do that make you want to stone me? Right? Then you see in verse 33, they told him why they want to stone him. They say, we want to stone you not because of anything that you've done, but because of blasphemy. What is this blasphemy? That thou being a man, makest thyself God. Right? What did Jesus say that Jesus claimed, that made him claim to be God? You're right, in verse 30, I and my Father are one. The moment Jesus said, I and my Father are one, uh, wait, that's your brother. Your brother wasn't here, Josiah. The moment Jesus says, I and my Father are one, the Jews immediately took up stones and wanted to stone him, correct? And Jesus asked, why do you want to stone me? They simply say, because you make yourself God when you are just a man. Okay? So did Jesus tell people, I am God? Yes. Very clear. Do not leave this chapter without this deeply in your heart. Cannot say how many times at nursing home. So please, when you go to nursing home, make sure that the, the, the not old folks, the residents there understand. Many of them say that they're Christian. But 8 out of 10 who can sing the hymns, who claim to be Christian, when I ask them, do you believe that Jesus is God? When I say, do you, is Je Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is so wonderful. Jesus is, is, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus performed miracles. He is such a wonderful. Then after that, you ask him, do you believe is Jesus is God? Um, I'm not too sure about that. Actually, some of them, the actual words, I'm not too sure about that. The Gospel of John. Why does Gospel of John record more miracles than others? Because the focus is to show that no mere man can do these works. Understand that? Mere man cannot do these works. You turn to John chapter 10. Verses 37 to 38. Alright? We are there, right? Now, okay, before that, look up. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. Alright, so for those who were not here in the last few years, the point is this. Did Jesus tell the Jews, I am God? He did. That's why they immediately want to stone Him, okay? 
Jesus on earth clearly said, I am God. They want to stone him because of that. But, why don't Jesus say, I am God? This you better be able to answer. Um, now I jump around. Uh, those on holiday, alright? Those who went for holiday. See whether your mind's still working when you came back. Jeremy. Actually, Jeremy was not here. Jeremy. Why don't Jesus just say, I am God? Because then they, you know, it's to show that he is you know, God. Not, not that there are two gods, but there's only one God. There's only one God. Why don't Jesus say, I am God? Why must he be so cryptic? Because he wants to say, I and my Father are one. Because it's to show that they are separate, but they are also the same. So that it's separate, even more cryptic, <laughs> even more confusing, right? That's why the Muslims and the um, cults like Jehovah's Witnesses, they say, you, you show me a verse in the Bible. Show me in the verse in the Bible. So they ring your bell, ting tong, all right? And Justin answered the doorbell. Justin said, yes, oh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Jesus is God, you know, Mr. Jehovah Witness. Then they say, you show me a verse in your Bible that Jesus said, I am God. Can you find one? Say again? You search it, don't have. Alright, then they say, Jesus just said many things. He did many things. He did miracles. He said many things, but he never claimed to say, I, Jesus, am God. So why did not Jesus just say, I am God? But how come the Jews know that he's saying that he is God? Yes, Justin. Is it because like um, God used to say like um, or like in the Old Testament like people used to address God like God and He is one or something? Yes, good. Because from the Old Testament the Jews already knew that God is one God. They already know about the Trinity. Okay, and that they knew that the Father will send the Messiah, right? God will send the Messiah. God will send the Messiah who is His Son. So the people from the Old Testament and the Jews are taught very well in the Old Testament, correct? So the Jews know that the moment anyone say, I and my Father are one, He is referring specifically to God the Father. And he is the son. Because he's going father, right? Going father means, means he's the son. So the Jews immediately, when anyone says, I and that God is my father and I and him are one, they would know that Jesus immediately is saying that he is the Messiah that they've always known that will come, sent by the father, right? That is why, now let me ask you, if Jesus says, I am God, do you think they might want to stone him? They may not stone him. Fine. The Romans, the Greeks, plenty of them claim all sorts of gods, right? You're just another one of their gods. Fine. Claim all you want. Correct? So, for Jesus to say, I am God, is less clear than for him to say, I and my Father are one. Immediately they bend down and took stones. If Jesus says, I am God, you may think about it, fine, you can claim to be God, no problem. But once you say, I and my Father are one, 
Now you are claiming to be the Messiah, our Messiah, the only one and true living God. Immediately they want to stone him. Understand that. Okay, so do not leave John without this deep in your heart that Jesus is God. And he said it in the clearest way. Josiah, you know, Josiah answered to me. Um, Cornelius. Is it, so when someone, why don't Jesus say that he is God? Why must he say, I and my father are one? Cornelius, which is a more clear claim to be the Messiah? Jesus saying, I am God, or Jesus saying, I and my father are one? Which one is clearer? I and my father are one. Understand that. So Christian, please do not feel that, yeah, how come Jesus did not claim to be God? Why don't he just simply say, I am God? Do not ever doubt that Jesus claimed to be God from his mouth. He claimed it in a stronger and clearer way than simply saying, I am God. Understand? So do not ever doubt in your heart. Do not ever doubt in your heart. We still, I say many times, we have visitors who come, who've been attending churches for a long time, many years. And the moment I ask them, do you believe Jesus is God? They say, um, I believe he's a great prophet, a good man, but I'm not so convinced that he's God. Next week, not coming back anymore. Right? Will it happen to you? Because if you cannot answer this, you will begin to doubt. Yeah, that's true, huh? What the Muslims say is true. What my Muslim flatmate say is true. Jesus never claimed to be God. How should you feel when they say that, Shane? Jesus never claimed to be God. How should you feel in your heart? Doubt? Doubt? Yes. Say again. A lot of feelings. Like what? You want to beat the other person up? <laughs> Hopefully not. What's the feeling? Sad. Sad. Why? Because they, they, don't they don't believe. But would you have feelings of doubt? It's true. Jesus never really said, I am God. Would you doubt that anymore? No. no. Mm, like him. Okay. So you will not doubt because you're very clear because Jesus said it. How? Okay, my father one, and that is the clearest way to say that is even stronger than saying I am God. Okay? Alright, so be clear in your heart. Good. Now then come back to this. So after Jesus said, I am God, in the clearest way, they immediately wanted to stone him, right? Immediately wanted to stone him. Now, then what did Jesus say next? Look at verse, shall we read verses 37 and um, 38 together? Now, if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Again, he said, Father in me, I in him, my Father and I are one. Okay? Now, he is saying this. Even if you don't believe what I tell you, when I say, my Father and I are one. Yeah, true, anyone can claim that, right? Anyone can claim that. Alright, I accept that. But even if you don't believe in what I've said, now, 
at least believe the works that I do. What work do you think Jesus is referring to? Him brushing his teeth? What? He is obviously referring to works that no human being, normal man can do, right? In other words, he's referring to his miracles. His miracles. So Jesus says, I've done so many miracles in your sight. You know about it. But, if you don't believe me, then at least look at this word. You say, thou, look at verse 33. You tell me, thou being a man, thou being a man, makest thyself God. You being a man. Then he asks, you look at the works that I've done. Do you think I am just a mere man? Even if you don't believe what I say, my works prove that I am not a mere man. Alright? So he said that. So why does John in particular record more miracles than the other Gospels? Because from here we know the focus of John is to show to men based on this record that Jesus is not mere man but God himself. Alright, so this book is very important. You must know it very well, deeply engraved in your heart and your mind. Your Savior, the Lord Jesus, is God, the very God. Do not ever doubt that. Sometimes I wonder if I repeat, you all wonder. We've, we've known that, but some others don't know. But it is really very easy. Just one generation is all it takes. Just one generation of the church not teaching. Now, i give you an example. If I did not explain all this from scriptures, and you do not study it, you do not know it, if really your flatmate begins to tell you, whether Jehovah Witnesses, Mormon, or, or Muslim tell you, Ben, you show to me from your Bible just one verse, Jesus stood up and said, I am God. And you cannot answer. You will begin to doubt. Understand that. Okay, we've seen people leave church. People who grew up in Christian family. Because the flatmate began to ask, ask, ask this question. You show me from the Bible. What just one verse? Jesus said, I am God. He could not. And after some time, he began to ask me. You know, Reverend Joseph, I, I think what the Muslims say is true, you know. Jesus never claimed to be God. Then Shane says, Jesus claimed to be God in a... In a what? Jesus claimed to be God in a... Uh, David, right? David. Jesus claimed to be God in a... In a far clearer way than saying, I am God. In an unmistakable, un cannot be argued way. In fact, if Jesus said, I am God, we still can argue today, no? He's just claiming to be one of the Roman gods, one of the Greek gods, that's all. He did not claim to be Jehovah. Right? This statement, you cannot argue. Alright, so this is how you be sure in your heart. Now, so miracles, that is why. That is why. The miracles shows that. The miracles. So that is the focus. Now, next one. So John said that Jesus did many, many other things. And among them, even miracles, I'm sure. Right? So there are many other miracles that Christ will have performed, things that He have said, things that He have done in their midst that are not recorded. Okay, but the question is this, question number two. Before we leave the Gospel of John, before we leave this Gospel, question number two, why did God give us four Gospels instead of just one? 
Ah, okay. Now I carry on to normal route. Okay, uh, so now that J Justin, um, uh, let me Joshua. Why? Why did God give four? Because when you read four, how do you do, do, do your devotion? I've read John already. Oh, I've, I've read um, Matthew already. Would you normally go and do Mark? Do you understand what I'm saying? Most people, I've done Matthew. Would you read Mark as your next book for devotion? Alright, be honest. Shanray's <laughs> on. No. Why no? Okay, why, why no? Why would you not do Matthew, Mark next? Why? Why do you think people would typically not? Uh, answer this one first. Yeah. Hmm. You say, yeah, the stories are all about the same, right? Same stories, synoptic, right? Same events. So if I've done Matthew, what, what's the point of doing Mark? Correct? Yeah. So why do you think God gave us four Gospels instead of, since all the events are the same, just give one. Choose which one, right? Justin, why do you think so? Because you must make up 66 books. To tell us the, the different aspects of Christ's life, of, of Christ, okay, of Christ's life, or as, different aspects of Christ. Right. Do you know those aspects? So that is correct. Each gospel is a different view of the person of Christ. We just said the gospel of John was about, the focus is Jesus' deity, right? Jesus is God. So you... You cannot leave the Gospel of John, Jesus is God, but how to prove? Cannot prove, huh? So I, I hope I can only do that for you. So the other Gospel, each one is different aspect of Jesus. So you should not feel that I've done, I've done Matthew, uh, so I won't read the rest. For the rest of my life, because I've already done Matthew, and especially if you've done John for many years. For the rest of my life, I definitely don't need to read any Gospels. You know, everyone have different facets. You know, that's very popular nowadays, cameras. Cameras that, that shoot multi-dimension, right? You put one camera there and then, have you seen that? I'm sure many of you play with that. You put that camera in the middle of your table at your dinner, and then it shoots everybody. And then you can actually move your phone, and then you can move around the room, all the different aspects, correct? Right? You can see the back of, of Justin's head, the front of Justin's face. You can see diff, all the different aspects. Now the gospel, the synoptic gospels and the gospels are something like that. All the aspects. So in fact, you should be very excited. I've studied John about God, John, Christ is God. What about the other aspect? I want to see also the other aspect of my Savior. You must be interested in your Savior. What is the other aspect? So, so that is the reason to give many aspects of Christ. The Bible is about Christ, to show us Christ. So it's one, Gospels is Christ's life on earth, right? So God gave us four. So it should excite us. It should excite four. Wow, I want to know all the aspects. So now the question is this. I want you to know, what are the different aspects? Alright, what are the different aspects? Why do I want you to know what are the different aspects? Actually, why? Say, Pastor, I can't read your mind. You tell me. <laughs> why, why, why would you want to know the different aspects? Now come to Josiah. Start again. Why would you want to know different aspects? 
or I put it the other way. Yeah, why why should you want to know the different aspects? Our aim is to be more and more like Christ, so you should be like God. <laughs> because Jesus is God, right? One of the aspects. So you want to be God? The characteristic, very good. All the communicable characteristic of Jesus Christ. I want to know. I want to know. Alright? Yes, yeah, so that is one. So this one is about Jesus is God. His holiness. Okay, let's try. His. Okay, can we be being wisdom power? Can or not? Being wisdom power. Cannot. Those are not communicable. It's omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. Not communicable. But in His holiness. Quick. Holiness. Justice. Goodness. And truth. All these aspects you will see in the Gospel of John. Then you say, this is how I have holiness, justice, goodness, and truth in my life. So aspect, so no, different aspect for us to learn and to know our Savior. Now the question is, then you say, all right, now I'm excited. I want to do the book of Matthew for my devotion now. Then you read and read and read. <laughs> what is the aspect am I looking at? All right, so I give you some, some heads up. Have you done the New Testament, New Testament intro? Have you done the best eye view yet? Not yet, huh? the first lesson. Ah. Now, Matthew. So when you read Matthew, now you read John again. The next time you read John again, you say the focus is to present Christ as God. Now you read it with excitement. Oh, this one, you see, I know how God is presenting Christ as God. So Matthew presents Christ as? Huh? King. King. Very good. Christ the King. So when you read the events and all that, you know what you want to learn about Christ being King. Are you King? You're not King. But you will worship Him rightly. Understand that. The more you study Matthew, the more you will adore, honor, and worship Christ as King. As King. Alright? So then you know what you are learning, seeing. That's why when I did the introduction to the New Testament introduction downstairs on Wednesday night, one of the things about New Testament theology, uh, New Testament introduction is you are going to learn all the focuses of all the focus area of the different books. The epistles, this epistle is about what? This epistle is about what? The gospel is the same. I want to see Christ more as king. The aspect of Christ as king. Alright, Matthew, Mark. Mark, anyone? Second, Mark, Mark as observant. Okay, Christ as servant. All right, Christ's humility. Christ's humility. We learn about Christ's humility. Then, when you see Christ the King, Christ is God, but His humility teach us to be humble. So when you see, it's very humbling. But when you study Christ as servant, what should it do to your heart? Christ, wash my feet. Christ servant, well, I pray for, please hurry up, do it. Why are you taking so long? Is that what it's supposed to do to us? Wait, all those done. Um, Caleb, when we study, when you read Mark, so it shows us Christ as servant. What should be in your heart? Well, all right, Christ is servant. Now I can order him around. Is that about that? What do you want to learn about? What should we learn about Christ as servant? 
Don't know. All right, Justin. Uh, Justin Dan. Ilim. So you see, now I'm going to read Mark for my quiet time. Christ as servant. What would we learn about Christ as servant? He's humble, good. And what should it do to you? Say again. How do you apply it to your life? He is humble. Say again. Read more. So you must be humble, right? We must want to be Christ-like. So then you say, if Christ, being God, being King, is humble, how can I be proud? I must be a humble person. Correct? Yes? Now, Chloe, when you know that Christ come as a servant also, and He is God and He is King, right? But yet He came to be a servant. What should it do to your heart in your feelings towards Him? Okay, Chloe, I put it this way. Your school principal. Okay, who is the most, who is the person you say, wow, the, the top, who is it? Principal? No. Yes. No one. Maybe principal. Alright, say principal. The principal, we will say, wow, the principal. Alright? And then the principal is the principal. He is the, the top man in school and all that, right? But he he would be a servant to help you. How would you feel about him? He's a very important person, but yet he he became a servant to help you. How would you feel about him? That he cares very much for you. What will it what response will it draw from your heart? Love? Right? You will love him in return, right? So knowing the different aspects, his godhood, worship, kingship, worship, mark the gospels. Before we leave a gospel, I want you to understand the gospels, right? When we see his servanthood, please don't imbibe this new 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 theology which I will cover, God willing, with you all where Christ is servant, so we treat him like a servant. He's here to give me pleasure. He's here to take care of me. He's here to um, answer my prayers. That's it. It's not meant to be like that. Okay? So last one, Luke. Luke. Uh, anyone? Okay, uh, Jennifer. Any idea? Luke is? Okay, very easy. John. 100% God, right? Just now, Elaine said 100% God. So Luke is very smart. 100% man, you're a good guesser. 100% man. Alright? Luke will show Christ being 100% man. He's 100% God, he's 100% man. Then you read about it. Alright? So very quickly, I just want to make sure you, you don't ask, Pastor, why? Why, why so many Gospels? I studied John already, I don't need to read the rest. I don't want you to um, leave the Gospel of John with that feeling. How many years did we do Gospel of John for? Five. Huh? Five. No. How can it be? <laughs> six years. Right, six years. Right? So David and Elizabeth, we get to witness the last lesson of six years. Right? Of six years. But I hope you come to know your Saviour more, develop more um, worship and love for Him.
Alright, so please don't say that we've done John for six years. Definitely, I don't have to read the other Gospels. Many are different aspects. You will see when they present the same scene, uh, the same scene, whether it's his crucifixion, his betrayal, the same scene, you're going to draw a different thing about your Saviour. You must want to know that. You must be interested in that. Right? Some of us like to go and go to... So do you go to those 3D things? No. Oh, I like to go there. Some, some people, they take a picture of a product and then they have the 3D camera already. Then I love to move my phone and see the whole product. No, only me. <laughs> okay. yeah, I get very excited on every single angle. We must be like that with Christ. Very excited to see every angle. God provided four different angles. But what did John say? What did John say? Still hardly, hardly what? Scratch the surface about our Savior only. Do you understand that? Don't look at four. I have four. I think one book, get, get some person do it six years is more than enough. No, God says four. But yet after that, God says in His own words, just scratch the surface about your Savior. So learn. Be excited to read it. Right? Study it with excitement. It's your Savior. Now, next. Um, so how, how, should I, how should I learn from reading the Gospels? I should understand the focus of each Gospel and see my Savior in that light. All right? I should learn to focus on the, on the emphasis of the Gospel and see my Savior in that light. Right? And how should I learn? Learn to be more like my Savior in all these aspects. God do not give all these aspects for nothing. Okay, very quickly, let's move. Um, is verse 24 an exaggeration? A hyperbole? Verse 24, now look at verse 20. Sorry, actually verse 25, huh? not verse 24. Is verse 24 an exaggeration and a hyperbole? Uh, it's just exaggeration. Jesus didn't do so much that it can't be all recorded. Do you think it is an exaggeration? Okay, now move over to Phoebe. Do you think it's an exaggeration? All the books, if the whole world is just libraries, they still cannot finish recording what Jesus did if they wanted to. Do you think that is an exaggeration? Means, means it is not true. Just saying it. Do you think so? Or do you think it's true? It's true. Very good. You think it's true? Okay. Do you think it's true? Now, let's turn to John chapter 1. How did John present Christ in the beginning and how did he end? John chapter 1, verse 1. 1, 2... Um, 3, verses 1 to 3, reading. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, John began by saying that Jesus is the uh, Jennifer, eh, Veronica. When it says, 
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is saying that Jesus is the stuff you see. Jesus is the He made all things. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the creator. He started off by saying Jesus is the creator. Jesus did create everything. Not a single th- if you see anything that exists is made by him. Right? Can scientists today like the if the whole world were a library, can scientists finish writing about what is in space? What is in a molecule? What is in plants? What is in animals? They cannot. Right? So, some people like to say, oh, it's just an exaggeration. But John began by saying Jesus was the creator. If you were to write what Jesus created, scientists already won't be able to finish writing about what they know, let alone Jesus who created things that you don't even know. Do you know that you do not know things that Jesus know that he created? <laughs> no, I'm saying? There are things that today scientists say, oh, we just discovered another new species of this and that and this and that deep under the sea. First time we see it. First time we discover this plant. First time, lots of first time till now. They are still discovering things which we don't even know. We have not known for thousands of years, but it has been there, created thousands of years by Christ. Sometimes you think about it, huh? You know, those divers, they dive very deep into the sea, right? And then they take photographs of amazing, colourful plants or fishes in there that we will never get to see unless you dive as deep as as them. Then you really ask yourself, after thousands of years, they dive deeper and then they discover, wow, look at this colourful plant. God created all things for His own pleasure, you know? God created things that that men may not even see. I created for my pleasure. You try to record, you can't even finish. Can't even finish. Hey, by the way, look at verse chapter 1, verse 1. Now that is a very clear statement that Jesus is God, right? The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word was God. But of course, this does not answer the question, did Jesus claim to be God? This one, John claimed that Jesus is God. Because one of the arguments, they say, Jesus' disciples made Jesus into God. Of course, they were right, the Word was God. But when they account, they say, Jesus said that He was God. Alright? Now, why do I ask this question? Question number three, let's come back. So, it is not an exaggeration. I don't believe it is an exaggeration. John is really saying, do you know the things that Christ created, what He did, can't be recorded? Amazing. So that is the answer why. Because he is the creator. Now, how should this change how you view the Lord Jesus as you read the Bible and pray? So John introduced Christ in the beginning as creator, as God and creator. He ends it by telling you, did you know, you know, did you know, believer, do you know, Christian, of the future generation that will do John for, for six years? Did you know, that even you did it for 600 years, you can't even finish talking about Christ and, his, and the things that he do, the things that he did. So John began and ended like that. What do you think we should learn from it? Okay, move back here. 
What do you think? So now you realize he introduced a God and Creator. He ends by saying, you know this Jesus that I presented to you as God and Creator, I end off by telling you, you can't even begin to finish writing what he says or did. We are just scratching his surface, scratching the surface. How should you now, how should it change your view about the Lord Jesus as you read the Bible and pray? Read it with more awe. Awe? Can? Just in case the young ones are. Awe! I understand now. Right? Now I understand awe. Awe. You know what is awe? With much, what is awe? <laughs> Explain to the young ones. Like okay, orientation rate. What is awe? Can I go? What is awe? What is all? So now you think this John introduced him and ended like that. Every time you read about Christ, I can't read. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and wonderment, right? And wonder and wonder. We must see the Christ as that. Read it with awe. Why would you read it with awe? Now, we often read it with... Uh, today, must read two chapters. Uh, like the same thing again, saying the same thing again, right? There's no awe, there's no wonder. But John is trying to tell us he's God and Creator. He is only just... We are only scratching the surface. Read and know more and more with awe and wonder. Right? That's how we should approach Christ in the Bible. Excitement. Like every time you read, you're discovering new things about Him that make you love Him more. Love, make you reverence Him more. Right? How should I read the Bible? I should now read the Bible specifically looking on to know more about Him. Right? I should read the Bible specifically to know more about Him. Please don't read the Bible for yourself. What do I mean by that? I'm going to have exams soon. I'm going to the working world soon. I think I better start reading the Bible and know how, what to do. I'm not saying that the Bible does not provide us that. Please read the Bible to know what to do in life. Okay? But the Bible is not about... Telling, simply telling us how to live in life is first and foremost showing you your Savior, Christ. Christ. Now, when you know Christ and you know Him rightly, do you think that you will live more rightly? You will. Understand that. When you read the Bible, when you read the commandments, of God. When you read the commandments of God, how do you view the commandments? Next, uh, Elizabeth, when you read the commandments, because young people nowadays, we don't like command. We don't like rules. All right? But the Bible are full of commands and rules. Hmm? So, now, when you read commands and rules of Christ, 
How do you feel? Say again. Give you good guidelines to follow. Um, whose guidelines? God's guidelines, Christ's guidelines. Why would you be interested in following guidelines and rules? Do you like guidelines and rules in school? Yeah. You do? Wow, very good. Yeah, it's good. You know, without. Say again. Stop chaos. Very good. Alright, so I'll quote you next time whenever. <laughs> the young people say, oh, we don't like rules. Today, the emphasis is no rules. Yeah. Um, someone sent a video clip of a popular show. What's this show about? I don't know. It's, it's some animation thing. Right? So, someone sent and says, now this is what movies are propounding to young people. This person wanted to do something, and then this, this man say, you know, your, your dad won't like this. And they say, whose rule do I live by? And then they look at each other and smile. And they Right? No rules. But now, and especially it's very telling. Your father won't like this. Whose rules do I live by? But now the more we know our Savior, when you read rules and commandments and, 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 and instructions, Elaine, how would you feel? Why would you want to obey these rules? If you love Him, you want to know what He wants you to do. Now, when we see cover to cover about Christ, what I want to try to help us understand as, as the Apostle John presents Christ, we are just touching, the scratching the surface of this amazing, indescribable, infinite God. So amazing. It is His rules and His commandments that we are talking about. With great delight, I want to know. I want to know. I want to obey. I want to do. Because He is this God that I hardly can scratch to know the depth of who He is. You're not talking about obeying the rules of, of uh, government, not that we should not, if they are not sinful. You're talking about the infinite God. So young people, do not read commandments in the Bible as something grievous, but excited. Now I know yet another thing that this infinite God wants me to do. You don't struggle, you know. You delight. You delight. Do you love your parent? Phoebe, do you love your parent? Yes. So when your parents say, Phoebe, do this and do that, do you like to do it? Sometimes. Very honest. Sometimes. Alright? What would make Phoebe want to do it all the time? As Phoebe grows in an understanding and knowledge of her parents, she will love them more. Right? And as Phoebe began to know more and more about how daddy and mommy work very hard, take care of you, the more she understands that, the more she will naturally want to obey and love. Correct? The proportion, I'm trying to say this, the proportion in which you want to obey, the proportion in which you will love your Savior is proportional to how much you know Him. Okay? And John is saying, you know, all these things written 
is just one part of Him. Just one part of Him. There's so much more to know. Alright, so it's proportional. It's, do not leave the Gospel of John thinking John is just saying this and moving on. You want to say, do you know who you worship? Do you know who I've been trying to show to you? And we are only scratching the surface. So, it goes to this. Because at the end, I want to summarize. Because many Christians say, how come I don't love Christ? I want to love Him more. I want to love Him more. So, the first way, the first thing to love Christ more is to... What does K stand for? Know Him. Remember the triangle I drew for you? I hope we have summarized this for you, for John. Know Him. Know Him. John said, I only managed to write a small part. But knowing that will cause you to love Him. Know Him. You cannot... Phoebe, can you love... Will your love for your mommy and daddy increase if you know them less and less and less and play with other people and go out with other people and don't spend time with, with mommy and daddy? Will your love for them grow? No. Right? No. Are you the youngest in class? Phoebe, who's the youngest in class? In this class, who's the youngest? Me. Who? Who? Ah? No, one, no one to admit. Then not Daniel. <laughs> Who? Ah, see, she is the youngest among us. But she also understands that. Why is your Christian walk so yo-yo? You know yo-yo? Up, down, up, down. Why do you not naturally want to obey your Savior naturally. John said, there's so much thing that is in my heart that I, I want to write about. It's overflowing. But I tell you that I can't even finish. The whole world cannot, anyway, cannot contain what I saw, what I know. His heart is overflowing with that view of his Savior, you know. The sign for John, obeying his Savior is not a problem at all. Alright? But, so the point is this, if you do not study the Word of God, if you say FEBC course, not interested, and yet you keep struggling, as long as you are a believer, you will want to love your Savior more. But it cannot grow unless you know Him. Do not leave John without a deep desire. He say, John's heart is just overflowing. I want to be like Him. I want to know my Savior like, like John. But the only way is you bury your head and read the Bible. That is the only way. Alright? So know Him. So John says, you know, so many things about your Savior. But what is written? Let's turn to John chapter 20. Now let's read together. Verse 30. And 31 reading, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So what is written is enough for us to know Christ. Be saved. 
and have life abundant a life that is growing spiritually that loves your savior what is written in the gospels is enough is enough all right so please be very very excited to make your quiet time your devotion time something that you say i definitely i will never compromise my time when i pray talk to my savior i noticed something about young people the more time you spend together the closer you get is it true it's true right now i see this whole bunch sit together right last time you sit behind extreme don't really want to see each other now they naturally sit together why you go on road trips together you go dinners together go jogging together unless when you do all these things you don't talk to each other but you talk to each other correct it grows the more you talk to your savior pray the more you read he talks to you that is how you grow in your love i really hope that you leave this book with a deep desire to love your savior knowing him is not just to know and to argue with muslims and 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 jehovah witnesses and mormons is to love him all right so um let me see where do i answer this i do want to answer this here uh to know him and john says so much things to know so much things to know and to love him okay i'll keep drawing this until it sinks huh? i think we're not finishing tonight all right to love him to love him all right to love him to know him so that we would love him and ultimately what was christ's purpose on earth do you remember before he went to the cross okay wait, moving where all right susan already elaine susan what was christ's aim on earth to glorify the father to glorify the father right glorify that was his aim he made it very clear father i'm going to the cross now and that is the purpose for which i come to glorify you right to glorify the father so it is this cycle that constantly grow in every phase of your life know your savior the bible prayer so bible and prayer bible and prayer love only when you have bible and prayer then you will increase in your love if you keep wondering how come i don't love my savior it's very simple you don't spend time with him that's it that's it love then your love will increase what is love wait next jemima what is love love is a feeling not just feeling love has feeling but love is not just a feeling this is not just to stir feelings that's all in the gospel of john we learned when christ said this is what it means when you say i love you savior christ told the disciples many times if you say you love me now 
This should be what it means. Feel very emotional and cry whenever you see me. <laughs> Hug me and carry me. No, right? To? To obey. How do you know? Right? So, I'm just summarizing this. When you read the Bible, what are you looking for? Is John chapter? Okay, a few chapters you must always remember. John chapter 10, John chapter 5, and John chapter... Very good, John chapter 14. Let's turn to John chapter 14. These are very few, very key chapters. Do you love your Savior? You read the Bible, you pray. You spend a lot of time with your daddy and mommy. Is that love? Alright, let's read verse 15, John 14, 15, reading together. If you love me, keep my commandments first time let's read verse 21 he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and i will love him and will manifest myself to him second time when christ said if you love me this is what it means not cry and hug me Verse 23, third time. Jesus answered and said unto him, let's read together, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. God said, I will draw very close to you, you know. When you obey me, my Father and I, we will draw very close to you. Don't you want that? Now, third time. Fourth time, he said the other way. Let's read verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Now he said the other way. He summarized by saying, Please don't keep saying that you love me if you don't keep my commandments. So my young friends, when we study the Gospel of John, these few key things. Jesus is God. So what? Know Him. How? The Bible and prayer. Spend time with Him. You will grow in your love. If you know, if you know, the, you know His commandments, if you love Him, you will naturally obey Him. You naturally obey Him. And I've said this many times in church. Justin, what is great love? Your dad tells you, Justin, don't do this. Alright? Justin loves to do it. But Justin stops. Or, your dad says, Justin, don't do this. But Justin, anyway, don't like to do that. So Justin says, no problem. Fine, I'll obey you. Which shows greater love to your father? The first or the second one? The first one. That's why Jesus says, if you love me, if you truly love me, when your flesh don't like it, when your mind don't like it, when you want to do the opposite, the test of love is when you simply say, Father or Lord Jesus, I obey you. I obey you. That's it. Love is not simply doing what is easy. Sometimes it's what your flesh don't want that is your greatest love to your Savior. That's why Jesus said that three times. 
and summarize it the fourth time. Very few times. Now God says, if I say one time, that's enough. When you say very, very, it says second time. It's already super uh, emphasis. Four times is really teaching us know this. So, Justin, when all of us, young ones, when you don't feel like it, that is the time when you're tested about your love to your Savior. Time of test. Time of test. It could be friendships. It could be some hobby that you know is drawing you away from God. It could be your studies. I love my studies more. Please study and study hard. But I love my study more than Christ. Could be your sleep. Could be food, whatever. But I think friendships at your age is probably the biggest problem. And you say, Lord, I don't feel like it, but now I learn what is knowing you and what is truly loving you. Then you obey. Right? Greatest love is when we don't feel like it, but say, Lord, I'll obey. Because that, why I emphasize this? Because there's a strange Christianity today that says, if you don't feel like it, don't do it. Because if you do it, it is your being, being what? Being? Stuff with H. Huh? Hypocritical. It's very strange teaching. I really want to do it. But that because you ask. But Saviour, my Lord, because you ask, I'll do it for you. Right? Is that love? That is love. So don't fall into this strange Christianity. You know, you afternoon, after lunch, I don't feel like going to nursing home. But, oh, I don't, I, wake up, I don't feel like going to church. But I should not go to church if I don't feel like. That is the time of test. Lord, but I will go because you asked me to. And as you go, your love will grow. Understand that. Alright? I'm not saying, uh, please go to Ofoxo and be long face and then kick, kick the elderly's wheelchair and all that. You know, and push them. I don't feel like, you know, mm. I'm not saying that. You just go. You just go. Alright? Because your Savior say, serve me. You just go. And your love will grow. Alright? Your love will grow. You find that every obedience, your love for your Savior will grow. Alright? So, so, John ends with saying, there's so much thing about this amazing, infinite Christ that I barely scratch. Know Him more and more. And Christ keeps saying, love me. How, when He ended chapter, this chapter, what, did he, what were His last, last recorded words with Peter in, in the Gospel of John? Peter, if you, if you love me, three times, Christ come back to again about do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Okay, so now, the last one, and then I think we, I want to end. Question number four. Question number four. What should I learn from the Lord's life on earth? From verse 24. Why oh, keep saying 24? Sorry, 25. Please change that. Verse 25. What should I learn? Alright, John says, There are so many things which Jesus did. Can't even record. Now, I, I, I wrote the word there, then I removed that word so that I don't give you too much hint. Because when you read the Bible, I want you to think. Phoebe, do you think when you read the Bible? Right, you must think. So, John, you... So, ima- imagine you're doing your devotion. Huh? Oh, last chapter, yay! Then just read, okay, done, next book. Or do you sit down and think? 
Why did God want us to know there were many other things which Jesus did? Can't even be recorded. What should I learn from the life of Jesus? What do you think? Wait, alright, come, come back here. So, Jemima Jem, asked you already, right? Okay, then is uh, uh, Julia. What would come to your mind? See, the life of Jesus can't even finish recording. What would you ask about your own life? Does my life count for Christ? Am I doing it for God? What do you mean, does my life count for Christ? Yes, correct. Now you imagine, John was recording how many years of Jesus' life, can he? 33. Majority of it at least. Majority of it, about how many years? Jesus started the ministry, how old? Um, uh, Alright, David, do you remember? About? Yeah, uh, he went to the, we, we have the record, 12, he went to the temple and all that, but he entered the ministry at 30. Alright, at 30. So now you have a glimpse. Huh? Jesus entered the ministry about 30 years. Many of these records about is when he started in the ministry. He served in, and he died how soon after that? Next, Jeremy. Three and a half. Three and a half. About three and a half years. John said, I just recorded three and a half years of his life. And I can't, I cannot tell you, you can't even record everything that he did, of course about his creation too, but that is our God. Three and a half years, John said there's so many things that he did, so many, um, in depth, in height, in, in meaning, can't even record. Alright, so what do you think you should learn from that? That's why actually I wanted to write uh, the question, what should I learn from the, from the Lord's short life? <laughs> I decided not, short, give it away. But I want you to think when you do your devotion, when you read this verse, are you in a rush to start the next book? Or you ask yourself, what, what is it that I should learn from the Lord's life? Ben, what do you think? Three and a half years and so many things. What should you learn? Very good. Number one, productive with time. Productive with time. Just three and a half years, you know. How productive was Christ? So many things. John say, I can't even record. So many things. Productive with time. Very good. Um, what else? Josiah. Ah, just nice. Ask all the young people. Josiah, what else? What else should you learn?
Say again. Everything that we do, we have to glorify God. Yes. Whatever Christ did, He did it to glorify God. But let's stay with this time thing. Alright, let's stay with this time. Short time. And then so much things. Uh, Joshua. Work while it's yet time. Work while it's yet day. So, now, um, uh, Ben chose a word which I think um, summed it up so everybody's lost now. Right? Productive. Yeah, so, while, while it is time, while we can, right? while we can, while we can be productive. Now, what else that tells you about productive? Don't be idle, right? Was Christ idle? Idle words, idle time, idling. Uh, young people, you know it's idling, right? Idling. What's idle? Veronica, what's idle? Say again. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not idle. Not, uh, not idle worship. I-D-L-E. I-D-L-E. What does I-D-L-E mean? Not sure. Daddy never scold you. Don't be idle. Okay, the next time Daddy scold you, that you will, you will know what it means. What's idle? No. Jennifer, what's idle? When you don't do anything, when you waste time, when you just sit there and stare at the wall. Is watching YouTube mindlessly idle? Idling? No, I'm doing something. Daddy, Mommy, I'm not idling. I'm, I'm watching. I'm very busy. My eyes are very tired even, but I still keep watching. Is it idling? It's, a, it's a basically doing things that have no productive use. Of course, you have to do research work, you have to watch whatever, you know. I've never watched so much, so many insects videos as I did then preparing for the camp. Now I know so much about insects. Amazing about God's creation. I even know that snakes are not, snakes are not poisonous. Snakes are? They are venomous. You begin to understand that there's a difference. Now, um, yeah, so idle. Don't be idle. Idling is probably one of the biggest problems for young people. Ilim, is it true? Idleness. Is it a problem with you? Sometimes, right? If you're honest, Christ's life was not a life of idleness. Constantly about the Father's work. Constantly about spiritual things. Constantly reaching souls. He was not recorded to take afternoon naps and play and play and play. I'm not saying you cannot take afternoon naps. But he, instead, you always record Christ, what? Christ slept late, got up early, spent much time praying, right? Not a life of idling. Do you feel very tired? Do you feel very tired sometimes? Wow. Okay, schoolwork, homework. After that, come back, do some housework. Then after that, have to do homework. Then FEBC time. They have to watch FEBC. Then after that, have to do FEBC homework. Ah, tomorrow night DHW. Then pastor gives so many questions. DHW questions. Right? Then after DHW question, there's FEBC homework. And then we have Friday fellowship. And then we have Sunday we are going to serve. Then we have men's and ladies fellowship at night. Wow, oh, very tired. Are you tired? Was Christ tired? Christ was tired. But now you learn, when I'm tired, busying with all these things, don't, don't, don't give up. He said, good, I am not idling. Good, 
my life is now like Christ, very busy about spiritual things. That's good. Because recently, some people share and say, oh, I don't know why my life is like that. I don't know why God allowed my life to be like that. So busy, heavy busy, then this one, this one, so little time to pray, then prayer meeting, so busy. In my mind, I was thinking, good, your life is now like Christ's life. No idleness. It's a good thing. Right? It's a good thing. Tightness is like that. When do we rest? When we get to heaven. <laughs> when we get to heaven, you rest. Now, Christ knew I have three and a half years. So much things to do. I must be about my father's business. Huh? Right? Like uh, David rightly pointed out, at 12 already he said, I must be about... The parents look for him, right? Say, why are you looking for me? I must be about my father's business when he was about 12 years old. How old are you, Phoebe? Nine. Okay, soon you'll be 12. Who's 12? Who's 13? How old are you, Chloe? 11 and a few months, almost there. Do you know that when Christ was about your age, He was already saying, I must be about my Father's business. I must be busy with God's work. So you want to be like Christ? Yes? You want to be like Christ? Then now you learn one thing. Christ kept Himself very busy with God's work. We don't want to be idle, right? So just a short time. John said, can't even begin to record. So no matter, even if you're very young, young teens, just think, Jesus Christ, when that age already, He was very, very busy serving God. Alright? Don't be busy. I'm not saying don't play, cannot have games and all that. But let not that be what keeps you busy in your life. Okay? Who's almost... Wait, let me see. Alright? So, no idleness. Another thing I want to say. Now, who is about 30 years old? Alright, a few of you. A few of you, right? A few of you about 30 years old. Then you say, wow, Christ, when He was my age, His life was like that. And the impact and the effectiveness, usefulness of His life suddenly is very stirring, right? Then you say, wow. Now I want to... I want to mention a quote. Do you know who is Francis Nightingale? The bird? No. Francis Nightingale, the famous uh, nurse missionary, right? Um, if I can find it, I found the quote which I removed. But basically, Francis Nightingale, when she was about 30 years old, she awoken to the fact, and she say, you see, she, her life was, 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 was a very comfortable life. They're always having you know, tea, afternoon tea with the girls, sitting there, talking about, you know, it's so nice to get married, or oh, how about marriage, and, and all those kind of things, right? Talk about boys. And, so that was, that was the life of, of, of her friends and her. Then when she, when, when she was 30 years old, she, it dawned on her that I'm wasting my life. Then she said, Christ entered the ministry at 30 years old. I'm about that age now. It's, stopped, it's time 
to stop all these childish things. No, no more talk of this. No more talk of that. No more idols. No more talk about all these things that occupy me. It is now time to awaken and to mature. Hmm? So I keep saying in this church, young men, you must mature. You must mature. When the age, when you say age is coming, my saviour's life was like that. I'm very excited. I should now focus on maturing. In other words, be a wait next. Justin, be a perfect person. Be a be a mature. Be a man. Time to be a man. Right? Time to grow up. Not be the man and then go around and bully people, right? Right? Time to mature. Time to say, Lord, I want to be productive. I don't want to idle. I want my life to count for you. I want to be useful. No more idling on Sundays. No more idling on Friday, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. It's time, Lord, to stop idling. Because you, your life was like that. Hmm? So I hope that this is something that we learn, not just men, women the same. Right? Francis Nightingale, you know, it's time to, to stop thinking about what clothes to wear, what, what's the fashion, what to buy, what to eat, where to go, what shops. He said, enough already. I've wasted enough time. You know, the Lord's life was not like that. Time to mature into womanhood and be useful for the Lord. Right? The word, the study of Christ just now I asked, why do you study the Gospels? So that I can be like Christ. Just this one statement, so many other things which Jesus did. Just a short time in the ministry, that's all. Will your life, will my life count? It's very exciting when you think of that, you know. Um, be like Christ, alright? We'll do the rest, the next time we come back, let us turn to God in prayer.